Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit ByteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special returning guest is Joe McQuillan. Uh, We'll be talking about his newest book, We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side. This fresh follow-up to his first book, My Search for Christopher on the Other Side, Joe McQuillan continues to share his difficult journey in the father and son tale, We Are Not Done Yet, Pop while simultaneously finding inroads to connection and thriving on visibility to visit with his son on the other side at various thin places. Joe and Chris's story, which is told as a mixture of narrative, italicized visits with Chris from the other side, input and conversations with respected psychic mediums, a thread of music floating throughout, is relatable to anyone who has experienced loss or even anyone who has imagined it. Their words, father and son, speak directly to the readers, providing courage, strength, hope, and connectivity, all derived with a healthy dose of McQuillan humor. Joe McQuillan, married and father of three children, one on the other side. Joe was the youngest of 10 children from an Catholic family, Although Joe has had two successful careers, he is at heart a blue-collar kid from Buffalo, New York. For more information, you can visit his website, which is joemcquillen.net, J-O-E-M-C-Q-U-I-L-L-E-N.net. And with that, I'd like to welcome Joe back to the show. Hello, Joe. Hello, Robert. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Um, I, I I just love your stories, both of them. You know, both of the books. And, uh, oh, and thank you. Just yeah, just for listeners to know, um, there the first show that we did, which was just shy now of three years ago, is is available on our archive page. So they just could go to the page, go by guest name, and find Joe McQuillan, and then they can hear that first one um, when we talked about my search for Christopher. So. Um, and that might be a good thing to do before, you know, and then listen to today's show. Like by reading the book, reading the first book and then reading the second book. So um, let's, you know, for the listeners who may not have been with us three years ago, would you mind sharing um, just a bit about uh, the event? Um, sure, with Robert. Christopher Ab- and, and kind of, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um January of 2016, uh, Chris, like all his friends, were home from college for the Christmas break, Christmas of 2015. And on the last weekend before they were going back to school, a dozen of them decided to go up to a friend's lake house about an hour and a half north in Wisconsin, a place called Lake Beulah, and kick up their heels a little bit and, and, and let down their hair and celebrate the last weekend. So uh, they left on a Saturday afternoon, and uh, you know, I grew up in Buffalo. I live on the North Shore of Chicago now where kids were born here. But, I, you know, I'm a big Bills fan, and Chris was a big Buffalo Bills fan. So in the morning, I was waiting for Chris to come home so we could watch the game, you know, uh, with his young, young, younger, youngest son, uh, brother, uh, Will. And uh, I was texting him, and I didn't get anything, and I got a text from one of his friends that said, Mr. McHugh. Chris and three of his friends are missing. So I jumped in the Jeep, grabbed my Labrador, told my wife I was running up that Chris was missing. Um, I didn't realize at that time, but Sally did. Um, I thought I was going to drive up there, Robert, and find him with some pretty co-ed in a boathouse or something, you know, or (laughs) pass out a a neighbor's couch, you know, um, know, eating cornflakes, you know. 
Um, halfway up, you know, uh, I get a call from the guy who owns the house, his uncle, brother, who lived a few doors down and said that it was no longer a search but a recovery that all four had drowned. Now, that was, mm. um, you know, that, that, I got to tell you, that moment, you know, I just talking to you now, you know, I choked up a little bit and uh, I think I went into a little bit of shock and, and finished the drive up there. And, and I remember, man, vividly walking in the door of this, this house and it overlooked this Lake Beulah and seeing all the boats, the rescue boats and the lights and the police boats on this partially frozen lake and, and, and seeing the area they were all uh, focusing on. And, uh, you know, and it, it breaks my heart all over again. You know, um, 16 years prior to this, I, for a whim or whatever, went, saw a medium. And most of the, the session was, was kind of uneventful until she got to the end. And she said, your dad's here. And he's showing me a caboose and telling you railroad. And we were a railroad family growing up. Every boy, there were five of us, worked on the railroad in college. Um, I stayed on a little after. My old man had 40 years on the railroad. My grandfather was a railroader. My uncle was a railroader. So we were. So when she said that, I kind of put that in the file cabinet in my mind. It's off. Hmm. You know, the old man somewhere, and he's connecting, and that's something. And that was about it. And then six, 16 years later. When I needed that information, it connected with me that said, if Chris is gone, he's somewhere where my dad is. You know, my dad's looking out for him. And so that, in essence, started the search, which was with medium spirit circles, you know, uh, know, presentations, sitting in, you know, one-on-ones, groups, anything that would connect me to the metaphysical and anything that connected me to my son. Um, and that the, 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 the first book, My Search for Christopher on the Other Side, chronicles the first two years, you know, coming in from kind of a boots on the ground kind of guy. Um, you know, if, if you looked at me or if you saw the picture in the, in the book, you know, I got a brush uh-huh. cut, I got a brush cut and a broken nose and, uh, and I walked with a little <laughs> bit of a limp. You know, it doesn't seem like I'm the kind of guy that would light sage and candles and align my chakras, but I do, Rob, but that's exactly what I do. And, and allows me to connect with my boy. Yeah. You're an average Joe, right? I'm an, I'm an average Joe. I'm, I'm, I, I'm a regular right. guy on an amazing journey. You know, that's the truth. Well, so now, um, when, at, at what point did you and Chris start? How did that connection between you and Chris directly, and I, I know that you went to mediums and, and had, you know, cases yeah. where you know, there was that connection. But, but you personally, how did that unfold? You know, two things. The uh, I, I, that medium from 16 years before had moved to Arizona, but I had her number and we connected. And and right after Chris drowned, she had told me things that I didn't know happened until I got the uh, coroner's report. You know. Um, and so, but, but, but at that point I was, uh, I was a little greedy and I wanted to see somebody look into the eyes of somebody who's talking to my son, you know? So I believed it at that point. And the day I was going to go see this guy, Andrew Anderson, he, I got him off a website, Bob Olson's website, who wrote a fabulous book and he was local and, uh, called him and I gave him my first name only. And, and the day of, uh, of, of going to this, uh, this medium reading, I, I put on a leather Chris had given me when he was six years old in Disney World. But after that weekend, I threw in my dresser, and then that morning, took it out for the first time in 16 years and put it on. And I had moved, this is kind of funny story, and it's kind of, some people say, including my son, said, that's just so you, Dad, you know, that uh, when, when I buried him, we buried him January 8th, 2016, and ground was frozen and cold and, and snow covered. And, and, uh, when the snow melted in the spring, he was buried next to another couple and I was living. It was like, it looked like he was their kid. Now they hadn't laid the ground, the tombstone or the gravestone yet because the ground wasn't soft enough. And so I raised Holy hell and ended up writing a check and moved them over one. We had not bought a number of, uh, of graves that, that we can, I moved them over one. And I'll occupy the grave he was in. 
So this is June of 2016, six months after he crossed. The ground was, because they had just moved him over, the ground was still loose. Dirt was loose. So I had ordered some shamrock seeds from Amazon. Now, I didn't even tell his mom, only because I didn't, you know, they, they came in that day, the next day, the day before, and, and I went to plant them, and I figured I'd fill her in. And, and I got to his grave, and I planted the shamrock seeds, and I had had the bracelet on under my cuff, and I went and saw this cat, Andrew Anderson. You had all the, the, the medium accoutrements and the posters and, and uh, you know, big crystals and, and, and sat down with him. And he looked at me and he said, you know, your family on the other side celebrated an anniversary celebration yesterday. What was it? Well, that was Sally and my 25th wedding anniversary, which we, of course, didn't mm-hmm. celebrate, you know. But my family did. Right. And I thought, that's great. And she said, he said, your son Christopher is here. And he's acknowledging you're wearing the bracelet he gave you and that you planted something at his grave. You know, what did you plan? And that's when I went, Robert, from believing to knowing. In the first 15 minutes, I knew it was my brother. Right. He described him to a T. He laughed about his cursing. At one point, he said to me, do you have a question for Chris? And I said, yeah. You know, Chris, was there ever a time I let you, that, that I, I came up short, you know, as your dad? And, and, and Andrew laughed at me and said, Chris is laughing. And he said, God, no, you never came up short. You are short, though, Pop, you know, and he's making fun of your haircut, you know, and that was who Chris was. He was funny, loving, glib, you know, uh, a little wild, and I unfortunately get that from my side of the family. I'm 36 years sober, so I was pretty wild, and, uh, but that, 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 that kicked it into overdrive that I knew I was onto something, and I would never look back, and, uh, and that happened. You know, when I started and, and the first book is full of all the visits and the mediums and the Thomas Johns and the Rene Russo's and the whole shoot, shoot batch and uh, or Tony Russo mm-hmm. and mediums and, and 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 filled with all these visits. So what happens is on the first anniversary of his crossing, January third, two thousand seventeen, I was in his my office used to be his bedroom, and his spirit mm-hmm. moved very freely there. I always felt comfortable. You remember, I'm coming in this, you know, with not, no knowledge of the metaphysical. So I started picking up things like a chakra, you know, uh, chart, you know, lighting sage, white California sage, because I love it. You know, it's just it's, um, crystals. I got one in my hand. I got them over my desk, lighting candles, putting pictures of Chris around, doing the chakra, meditating, taking in a breath, holding it for seven seconds on each level of the chakra chart releasing it, saying Christopher's name. Now, these are all things I picked up from some research or hearing somebody talk about it. And on the anniversary of, of, of his crossing at 3 o'clock in the morning, I, got, I went in and started doing my routine. And all of a sudden, I start getting a download from him. And basically, he's telling me, it's like a beach, beautiful, pink, warm, but the colors are soft and vibrant. He said, you're not going to believe this place, Dad. It's frigging awesome. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm writing this down and thinking, like, am I losing my Fruit Loops here? What the heck's going on? You know, or am I just imagining this to kind of kind of right. put a salve over this broken heart, you know? And, mm-hmm. and that first medium session, why I knew it wasn't me, he said to me, Dad, you got to let go of the resentment with Scotty. We were friends. I loved him. He loved me. It wasn't his fault. And so I thought, okay, Chris, I'll let go of the resentment. And besides, when will I ever see Scotty again? Scotty was the kid who parents owned the house. And I was, I was mad at him. Well, you know, I'd be mad at somebody, right? And, and so I was mad right. at him, even though it wasn't his fault. It could have been my house. It could have been your house, you know. Um, these kids are 21 years old. They weren't babies. But I had held this resentment because I needed to be mad at somebody. I was initially mad at God, and I'd come back after the first week after Chris drowned, and I would hit my knees, and I'd thank him for my family and my sobriety. But I'd say, you and I aren't good yet here, God. You took my kid. And after the third, right. after the third such, such, such night, I crawled into bed, and I got a message that said, I didn't take your son. You know, I welcomed him home, but his free will and recklessness caused him to come home early. And remember, I lost a son, too. So I knew at that point, 
God didn't move us around like chess pieces, right? I, we weren't pawns in his. He wasn't, I wasn't paying him for past sins by him taking my kid. Things happen. Events happen that cause people to transition, including exit points. So I wasn't mad at yeah. God anymore. I'm sure he was relieved, you know. Um, I was still <laughs> mad at Scott and his family. Uh-huh. So Chris said, let go of it. So on the first anniversary, Sally and I were going to meet there at sundown and let go of Chinese Lantern and, and just honor our boy. And I get a call from some of his college friends. I said, Mr. McHugh, for a text, said, we're going to meet at his grave around 3.30. Can you swing by? So I threw the hockey cooler with some beer and Gatorade and, and grabbed a, a box of cigars and went to see these you know, handful of kids. When I got there, Robert, there were 40 kids at his grave, 40 friends. Wow. From, from college to high school to neighborhood kids. It was unbelievable. You know, and the first kid that I encountered was Scotty, you know. And so I realized that Christopher was preparing me for that meeting, you know. You know, we meet every year. We meet every year, January 3rd. And even during COVID, we had 30 people there. And we come back to my house. And last year, even though it was freezing cold, I had tents put up in heaters and chilly. And we we had a bunch of kids in and out watching football games on the deck and this year we get to move it back inside. And, uh, you know, we have a golf outing from him every year that's sold out. We had our sixth annual one, September. And, you know, last, the, the Monday after Labor Day, we do it every year. And, uh, you know, to keep his memory alive, you don't have to keep it alive with me, but for everybody, his friends. And, 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 and it's an amazing, amazing journey. But I knew that that wasn't telling me to let mm-hmm. go of that resentment. I wanted to hold on to it, you know. So to this day, two or three times a month, I get woken up in the middle of the night at always at three o'clock. I get out of my, I get out of my bed. The dog looks at me like I've lost my mind. I go into my office. I light sage, candle, do a guided meditation, align my chakras. And I get downloads from him, you know, and that's, and that's continued in the second book. You know, when the first book was drawn to a close, I was feeling a little melancholy, you know, because I had kind of relied on that for, for air, to be honest right. with you. And he said to me, uh, we're not done yet, Pop. You know, he said, <laughs> we're going to keep writing this, you know, until you cross, you know. And, and so that's the title of the second book, We're Not Done Yet. In the second book, there's a, we've continued, I still see mediums, still do you know, presentations, see spirits, go to spirit circles. Um, but I've also added, you know, I, I, I went to some thin places, which is a, a term I, I, I stole from the Irish, but then uh, John Holland stole it from the Irish. And, and it's where the veil is thinnest between uh, both worlds. And uh, the grave is one for me. The beach is on the Gulf Coast of Florida. I don't know why, but specifically Siesta Key, which is quartz crystal. The sand there. Robert is quartz crystal. I didn't believe it. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was folklore until I looked it up. And it's 99% quartz crystal that, flew, that, that had, had flowed down from the Appalachian Mountains 2,000 years ago. So to me, though, that's just like, it, it's like a cell tower, you know, so it enhances the connection. So, you know, I, I, I tell stories about what to expect with parents going through this, you know, for the first time or the second time or the 10th time, you know, in, in, in the years, you know, I, you know, yeah. so, you know, I explained that it's okay to drop the rock, man. It's okay for tough guys to cry, you know, that, yeah. that, but yeah. if you want to connect with your kids, you know, they're not gone. As Susan Giesman, the brilliant Susan Giesman would say, they're not gone, but you got to do your part to connect. You know, I stumbled on it to be honest with you, but other people need to do their part to connect with whoever they're trying to connect with. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we, you know you may have initially stumbled, but after that, you know you you know you took direct action. You know what I mean? You you had that uh, instinctive curiosity to find out more. You know, and and I think that you know I think that is where the point where many people um, don't take that step. You know what I mean? They they will kind of go up to that right. and maybe gather some. But but they'll let that be it. Um, now, and then complain that they're not getting a connection, you know. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, now tomorrow, I believe, is the 71st month of um, yeah. the event. So um, yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What, um, when, when you there, – there's one chapter in your book you, that you that's called um, I'll See It When I Believe It. Um, and you right. know, that is kind of the – the switch around from what, you know, the old adage, you know, um, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, so right. can you explain um, the importance of that, that frame? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm glad you pulled that out. A lot of people don't. And it, and it, and it really makes sense. You know, uh, Tagore said one time, that faith is the bird that feels the light and sings when the dawn is still dark. In other words, the nightingale sings when it's still dark, knowing that it's coming, that the dawn is coming, right? And that's what you got to do if you want to connect. You know, you got to believe it. You got to believe it. You know, when you go to Amazon and you order something, right? You put it out. You put it out on the internet, and and golly gee, a day or two it shows up, right? You don't go back and order three or four times hoping that it connects. You ordered it. And that's what you got to right. do. At least that's what I got to do. Let's put it this way. That's what I got to do to connect. I got to throw it out the universe and believe. And when that happens, right. you know, even, even St. Matthew, you know, said all you need is a mustard seed of faith. You know, so if you just start the ball going downhill, the boulder. It's going to go. It'll pick up steam. But, you know, there was a great book, and I thought it was a gal's book, you know, called The Secret. And I download it, and I keep it, and I play it every once in a while in my car, because it reinforces that connection to the universe. So that if, and, and we're all one, right? We're all part of the same plan, you know, the same body of water, as Bob Olson would say. You know, so, you know, if if, if if you go in thinking, ah, oh, this isn't going to work, you know, it's not. You know, when I go into a, a group session and there's a guy with his arms crossed, I'm really tempted to leave because he's going to screw up the energy. It's all, it's all energy, you know, and, and tell people out there, believe with their hearts. And, if it, you know, and if you're disappointed, we'll refund all your misery. You know what I mean? But, but amazing things can happen because I didn't know that when somebody leaves here they go someplace so magnificent and it's so near us it's like a paper thin wall between the two worlds you know and i can see i can feel chris i can hear chris i can smell chris twice and through meditation i've actually seen him it's not common for me and i want more mm -hmm. of it and i'm working harder at it you know but that's the thing you gotta you, you you got to throw your bread on the water, man, if you want to, you know, if you, if you want to catch a fish, you know. So if you want to yeah. connect with your kid, you got to do the preliminary. Look it up. Do some research. I'm going, I'm going to Richmond with the family for uh, a wedding, Christopher's cousin. And they were, they, were, they were twins, and they were, three of them were really close friends. And every year for 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, we'd go to Canada for family reunions. There'd be 40 McQuillans, and these guys were just never left each other's side except to go to bed. And, uh, and he's getting married. You know, so we're going to Richmond. I've already gone online, you know, looked up how do I get back from the airport. Is it a shuttle, you know, you know, to where are we going to go to dinner the night we get in? So I'm on the Internet checking out all this, this hotel. And I'm going there for a couple of days. You know, I'm going, I'm going to the other side for an entire lifetime. And most people don't try to figure out where, what it is what it's like, what do you need to do to, to maximize your stay, you know? And I encourage them to do that. Don't get so stuck in this world, you know? I mean, I, you know, I, I work for a living. You know, I, I'll work till I die. I like to work. So I mm -hmm. get involved in the financial stuff that matters. And then every once in a while I get a message. And it, it's that you, you could take life less seriously, not less responsibly, but less seriously. <laughs> Because ain't none of us getting out alive anyhow, Robert. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the truth. That's the truth. And the spirit goes on. So, you know, oh, yeah. you can kind of yeah. keep, keep that in mind. Now, you know, um, 
Uh, I believe it, it was in that particular chapter about see it when I believe it. But you talked about um, Chris's Christopher's um, advancement and growth on the other side. Yeah, I'm curious. Can, yeah, can you tell um, what, what is it that you've seen that you know about that particular? You know. Yeah, you know, he told me he wasn't a great student. You know, and neither was I uh, prior to this. And uh, although I, you know, loved history, there are certain things that caught my attention. Uh, but but he wasn't a great student. But he came to me and said, you know, Dad, I'm a good student now. I'm the smartest guy in the world in the room. You know, I'm the smartest guy in the room now. And and he and he said to me, Look, Dad, I'm going to a different level. Now I don't want you to be concerned about that, because think about it. Whether I was calling you long distance from Tucson or Los Angeles, the connection is the same. So you're in my mm-hmm. connection isn't going to change as I move up in levels. You know, he went to a boarding school for a while in Pachuca, Arizona, and they would have different levels. They would have air level, water level, fire level, where they would move up spiritually. And so mm-hmm. doing grades, you know, and, and, and you know, it's kind of simple to look at it like, like grammar school, first through eight. But they move up in grades, and they don't have to, by the way. Sally's dad, who come, wasn't a great dad, good guy, but not a great father specifically to her. Sally's dad, I've been told by mediums, and he's come through a lot. He's come through to me when Sally's not even there. And I'll say, Warren, what are you coming through to me for? This is my dime. You know, I don't, you know talk to Sally's, you know. Leave me alone. But, but, yeah, Warren, that's right. I thought it was unlisted. And, and, uh. And he's come through, and I've had mediums say, you know, he's really content. He hasn't grown much spiritually since he crossed over, but he's fine with it. He's mm-hmm. happy with it. And what he, what they said to me about Warren was his heaven, she, this was Thomas John, who's a fabulous medium. Um, mm-hmm. he, could, he said, his heaven, I see him walking in a field with a dog, bird hunting. No, Warren, and, and certainly not the same name. You can't connect Warren Stearns to me. But his favorite thing was, was bird hunting. He just loved the dog and being out in the field. That was where he was at his best. Even though he was a venture capital, he was at his best in the field. And Thomas looked at me and said, was he a collector? Because I see, you know, uh, vases and guns, and and he was a collector. It's exactly what he collected. He actually... He actually raised the Spanish galleon, you know. Uh, he got some investors, and they raised the Spanish galleon off of Florida called the Concepcion. Um, and he would have things from there uh, all over the, the, the house, cannon, and, you know, this, whatever. So Thomas just nailed him. And he said, look, he's sorry he wasn't a better father to Sally. You know, he said, but, you know, but he's fine. He's made peace with it, and he's happy. But he hasn't moved up in in." And, and, hmm. and grades or levels because he doesn't want to. He's content, you know, which, right. you know, my, the way I go through life now is a little different. I'm a different guy, Robert, than I was prior to January 3rd, 2016. You know, what, what, you know, do your thing, man. Whatever that is, you just do your thing. And if you want to move up spiritually, great. And, you know, and if you want to stay where you're at, great. You know, I know that Christopher helps kids transition who've been traumatized by the journey, you know? And I've been told that by three different mediums, completely different mediums, said the same thing. They've all said the same thing, that his his cousin, Carrie, my niece, greeted him when he crossed over. You know, she died of an aneurysm. And when she died, he stayed out in Buffalo to watch her kids for two months till they could arrange, you know, help with the kids. You know, because Bill was... You know, the, the, her husband, and he had a job, and he had a business. And so, you know, Chris stayed there and, and, and nannied her kids. This 19-year-old, you know, kid did this. And I said, Chris, that's a heck of a responsibility. He looked at me and said, Dad, that's what family does, you know. So, you know, my yeah. son was schooling me on family. So it's no surprise that she greeted him when he crossed over. And he greeted my sister when she crossed over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's um, it's wonderful when you can get the, that affirmation, that confirmation, you know, with um, yeah. with message, knowing that you know the 
the likelihood of, uh, you know, of a person coming up with that kind of specific information is, is you know, beyond yeah. significant, you know. So, evidential, um, yeah. like it's in the title, evidential, you know. I had, my sister Marsha was, was a real source of love to me. She was 15 years old and I was, I was five years old when she got married. I was a ring bearer and, and Chris was her godson and she they adored each other and she was a real source of love and and uh, she crossed uh, February 6, 2019 and I was there a couple of weeks before I was there to visit and, and I knew she was getting close and moving to hospice and so I was there probably right up until about a week before she crossed and her kids were right there when she did but one night she said to me, she said Joey which I love she goes, you gave me the greatest gift. She said, I read your book and I'm not afraid to die. She was dying of cancer. Mm. And I, the following January, I have a habit of going to a medium on my birthday. And I went out and saw this Jill Nicole, lovely gal in Naperville. And Jill said, you know, your son's here. You know, he's great. Boy, he's beautiful. It looks like Brad Pitt. She said, but there's a woman here, too, who's, you know, pretty She's got round glasses. She's, uh, you know, she was, uh, uh, you know, she's got a title of, of sister and, and mother and aunt. I said, yeah, that was, that's Marsha. She was all of those things to both Chris and I. And he said, she's giving you a message. She's saying, Joey, thanks for the greatest gift. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you? How do you connect those dots, you know? How do you don't connect those dots? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Joe, we're about halfway through the show, so I want to take just a quick break. Um, and then when we come back, um, in one of your chapters uh, entitled Sometimes You Don't Hear the Click, you talk about yeah. emotional land, uh, talk about emotional yeah. landmines. So I want to talk about those when we come back, okay? I would, I would love to. Okay, great. Okay, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide. Books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us. Again, today, my special guest is Joe McQuillan, and we're talking about his newest book, We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side. Um, you can find out more about uh, this book as well as the first book, My Search for Christopher on the Other Side, by visiting Joe's website, which is joemcquillan.net, and that's J-O-E-M-C. Q-U-I-L-L-E-N dot net. Okay, with that, we're back, Joe. Hey, how are you, Robert? So good, great. Um, yeah, and by the way, one of the things I love about your book is, is you, you give that, um, just that fresh, raw perspective of, of things, and you, you come at it from a, um, a learning standpoint. So, for people who read your book, you know, no matter where they are in the um, knowledge kind of or awareness realm, 
that they'll be able to get something that they can actually use, you know, to, to make right. their life easier. So that's a really great thing. Now, um, and, and in that, uh, again, there was one chapter, uh, sometimes you don't hear the click, you know, we're talking about landmines, um, but you, yeah. uh, you use the phrase emotional landmines. So would you explain to the listeners what those are and how do you navigate? You know, that's, that's, I'd love to. And you're picking out some great, uh, you know, chapters that I, I, I love talking about. And, uh, you know, early on, especially early on, but to this day, you know, um, something will happen. And whether it's a song or a, a photo or uh, something, you know, uh, you know, last year I, I, I was, Pulling, putting some stuff out of my car, golf clubs or my dog or something. And I looked and I saw this redheaded kid walking by. And I thought, oh, that's Trevor, the next door neighbor. Well, that wasn't Trevor, who was Christopher's best pal. You know, Trevor's finished college and he's working in the loop. He did come to the golf outing with his dad. We're still friends. But I literally had to turn away to not, you know, scare the kid by crying. All of a sudden I saw my, you know, I looked behind for my son. Where's Chris, you know, at five or six years old? And that happens to me, and it's going to happen to every parent who's lost a kid. You know, one such one is, is uh, you know, Chris died, uh, you know, the way the, all, all these kids were, were dressed with untied Timberland boots and layered clothing and, you know, and, and you know, the, the partially frozen lake. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a perfect storm. You know, but those yeah. all those kids would walk around in untied Timberland boots. And one day I walked in the house and I saw a pair of untied Timberland boots, you know, kind of just strewn on the floor. And I thought, oh, great, Chris is home, you know. But instead of Chris being on the couch eating a Subway sandwich, you know, he, he was on the other side. Those were his brother's boots. And I just started crying. You know, it's, your stomach mm-hmm. drops. You know your 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 throat closes, your tears your tears fill up, and 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 I warn parents not to try to hold it back. Go step, go somewhere, go on the deck and cry. You know because if you hold it back, you'll never process. It's like a when those happen, Robert. They're like tsunamis. They're like tidal waves that come in and hit you, and you just gotta let them roll over and then go back out and then reset your day and get going. But all of those are also gifts, you know, the amount of grief and pain that I still feel is, is, mm-hmm. is equivalent to the amount of love that I still feel. So, you know, it's painful, but I can tell you, it's, it's, it's a good trait, you know? Yeah. You know, it sounds like um, the, one of the benefits, I guess, <laughs> is that it it brings you to an emotional state. You know, it, it opens the heart, you know. I mean, oh. granted, you know, the sadness, but when you recognize that that is that just demonstrates the heart connection and that's based in love and that's a good yeah. thing. So, I mean, you know, and that's, um, yeah, um, but I, I know many people to this day that, you know, have um, had children pass on before them and, you know, and the triggers are, are still there um, or those uh, yeah. mind uh, landings are still there. Um, they're always going they, to be there. But they, yeah, yeah. They're, but it's just, they're just more they're manageable. They're a little more manageable <laughs> after time. And like we said earlier, that anybody who said time heals all wounds never lost a kid. You know, one thing that you said about energy, and and, and this is in the appendix of the book, you said energy can never be created or destroyed. It always was, always has been. Everything that ever existed always exists. It's moving into form, through form and out of form. You know, what that Mm -hmm. means is we're energy. The kids we lost or spouses we lost or significant others that we lost, or siblings we lost, are energy, which means they're not gone. They didn't evaporate into the universe. They're energy in a right. different form. Now, I've asked Chris, you know, how, how will I recognize you? Is, 
you know, I hear this about lights. And he said, Pop, you'll always see me as I am, a 21-year-old. That's how you'll always see me. You know, that was real reassuring to me. I didn't want to, you know, he also said about, he said, look, when you cross, your learning curve is going to be a lot easier than mine. He said, I was surprised. You won't be. He said, the stuff that I'm telling you will prepare you for the time when you make the journey, when you step over that, when you step over that stream. You know, here's something he told me about that. And this is another thing. I would have never thought of this. You know, he said, I miss you too, Dad. We'll share this place, this incredible place. It'll be like crossing a shallow stream. You have to cross it yourself. But I'm right on the other side. So it's just natural to walk across to me. And then you're in. You'll be on the other side, you and me. How's that for awesome? But not today. Today's for writing books and presentation. Carry the word, Pop. We're all behind you. Now, you know, I never, I didn't know that you actually cross over a stream one step over and you're in. I didn't, you know, I didn't hear that anywhere else, right? And, mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, you know, I know he's going to be there, but he can't greet me until I make that step over, you know? So those are the things that are like awareness of what this incredible place is going to be like when I make that, when I make that step over. Yeah. Well, now you can talk across the stream. <laughs> but, All the time. You know, but... and, and it, it literally, there is no boundary. There's no stream when we're connected. I feel, I feel him hug me. I know I feel a chill on the back of my neck. He's here now. I know when he's around me. I know it. Um, I can smell them in, in, when I'm meditating. You know, so there, there's no boundary there. But that stream is when it's time for you and me, you know, to take that journey. We have to make a step across some obstacle, you know, that right. brings us in the other side. And, 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 and that's it. You know, then we're there. You know, now, you know, we talked about the fact that, you know, I, 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 one thing I don't want from anybody, Robert, is to feel sorry for me. I've lived the life beyond my wildest dream. I've had a wonderful life, career, family, spouse, been married for 30 years, wonderful, couldn't be better, sober for 36, you know, luckier than I had any right to be, you know. But I also know that when the time comes, I'm going to spend the next go-round with my son that I adore and still have access to the people on this side. So if God tapped me Mm -hmm. on the shoulder and said, Pat, Pal, time to go. You know, he's calling me up from the bullpen. You know, I'm good, man. You know, I'm good because I know what's next. Right. Yeah, and that does it does wonders um, not only in um, the the shock value, you know, reducing the shock value, but also making the transition easier. You know, um, you know, so that if you have an idea of what to Expect more or less. Um, then, right. You know, then it, it, for many people, that that will eliminate so many fears people have. You know, and and I, I believe I that they'll be met. They'll be met by their important spirit. You know, in their frame. You know, like so. If you know, if, yep. it, if they're a, a Muslim, you know, they they will. Yep. Be greeted in the, uh, so that that minimizes the shock too. <laughs> it's like uh, you know. Yeah, um, you, you're looking and everybody's familiar. You're going to, you know, you're going into a big McQuillan party. Um, how bad could it be? I'll tell you something that's not in the second book. It'll go in the third because Marsha, you know, I ended the second book uh, January third, two thousand nineteen. Marsha died the following. She transitioned the following month in February, and Chris had promised me he would be there. And here's another example of him giving me information I had no idea about. He said, Dad, I told you that I'd be there with Marsha Cross. I was there. So was Jerry, Bobby, Marsha, or so was Jerry, Bobby, Pat, Billy. They were all there, you know, he said. And then Marsha Cross was with us. But then she had to go away for a while, like a spa. And when she came back, she looked younger than when I was a kid. So it took me a while mm. to digest this, right? You know, and, and what it paralleled to said, telling me that she, her trauma crossed with her. Her, her, her cancer stayed 
with her body on this side. Trauma crossed with her soul. So she mm. had to go somewhere. And what a wonderful way to yeah. put it, like a spa. What woman doesn't like going to a spa, right? Like a spa. <laughs> and when she came back, she looked younger than when I was a kid. So what a wonderful thought. Mm. We go there with this. Some of the baggage will carry over. And to shed that, we go somewhere. That clears it off. Right. And then we join the then we join the party. We're back with the family. She named all of his her siblings that are on the other side. Thomas John did wow. that. At a, at a, at a, yeah. We were at an infinity meeting, and he didn't know I was coming. Nobody knew I was coming. I, I see that he's he was there, and there was some opening. So there's a couple hundred people in this room. And, and, he, and he came to me and said, okay. He's, and he kept looking over on the side of the stage. And he said, no, there's this family. He said, spirits keep showing up from this one family. And he said, frankly, they kind of scare me. And my wife elbowed me and said, you know, that's your family, right? And I said, yeah, pretty <laughs> sure. You know, and Thomas said, okay, they're led by a guy named Jerry, but it's not Gerald. It was a different variation. Who's got an older brother or uncle with a bunch of siblings on the other side? And whose name is Jerry? And I raised my hand and I said, well, and she goes, what's Jerry's real name? And I said, Jeremiah. And he said, okay, because there's Pat and Billy. Bobby, the one who took his life in the 70s. And I said, yeah, that was Bobby. He said, and then there's uh, Carrie, who's Pat's daughter. She's here. And then there's your son, Chris. And he said, did Chris used to make fun of your sister, Pat? I said, yeah, why? He said, because she's throwing up bunny ears behind her head. You know, this guy just named all my siblings, and he didn't name Marcia yet because she hadn't crossed yet. But he named all my siblings yeah. who were on the other side by name, by name. Wow. Then he looked at me. Yeah. He looked at me and said, "Who's Sarah?" And I pointed to my wife Sally, whose legal name is Sarah. And he said, "No, no, no, no. Sarah on the other side, a hundred years old, and Sally's grandmother, who was also Sarah, oh. died died at a hundred years old." And she said, well, she's wow. here. She's with you all the time. She doesn't say much, but you know she's around you. And that's it. You know, it's like, holy right. cow. You know, there's no connecting <laughs> me, Joe McQuillan, right. to Sally Stearns, to, to her grandmother, who was Sarah Mickle, right? There's no connecting that. Yeah. There's no way to connect that. And he named right. every single one. And they were acting just like my family would act in a party. You know, just kind of having fun and, and bringing people into it and enjoying themselves. And Chris, Chris did say at one point, he goes, I'm the best looking spirit here. <laughs> he was always, he always liked his looks. Uh, yeah. Well, he was a good looking kid. So, I mean, you know, He's, you had that. he gets that from his mom's side, Robert. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, he got the wildness from me and the good looks from his mama. Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so now, a couple more topics I want to talk before uh, we close, sure. um, Joe. One of them is um, in the uh, near-death experiences uh, chapter, uh, you talk yeah. about um, that you were haunted by, you know, the last moments of Christopher, Chris's yes. life. And, um, and there's something that you read in the book by Dr. Mary Neal, um, that kind of struck you kind of at a core level. So can you explain, explain what, that, right. what, what that was? Because I think there are, you know, anybody who loses someone very close, you know, they're very, one of the very first things you think about is you just hope that it was, you know, fast, painless, you know, peaceful, you know, whatever, um, that, uh, that the transition wasn't difficult. So can you think? Tell us a little bit about I can. You know, that. Okay. I can. I'll start with uh, Nancy Myers, who was the medium from so long ago, who I contacted right after his death, explained to me that Chris said that it wasn't painful. They were inebriated. They were horsing around. The boat flipped over. They couldn't get it back. You know, people started, their, their, their layered clothing started weighing them down. He said, Chris, she's going to tell you. She said, I'm going to tell you. Chris was shocked at first and nervous because he felt his lungs filling up with water. She said, then he just let go. And that helped. And then Thomas John told me something very similar. And, and very often when I do a, a medium reading, you know, I'll let them run with the meeting and then 
keep the last five or 10 minutes for, for five or six questions, right? And, and invariably, most of those questions are answered long before I ever get to my last five minutes. But the one question mm-hmm. I asked him, it was the same thing. And when I read Mary, Mary uh, Neal's uh, book, and brilliantly written, you know, what I loved about her is kind of where it comes from me. You know, she's this straight arrow, brilliant surgeon, person of science. And she described what had happened and what drowning was like. And she had talked about that the drowning was actually beautiful and, and that your soul is released, but you see all these vibrant colors and there's no pain involved. I actually heard, I listened to that book and, and, and I love listening to books. I'm an audible guy. I listened to that book on a day that I was driving up to see, to go to work, Kristen transition. I've been there twice. I, I don't think I'll go back again. He's told me I don't have, it's very hard. And he said, I'm not there yet. But I listened to that and I started crying because that was my fear. Was he cold? Was he miserable? Was he lonely? But he's also told me, Dad, I wasn't lonely. I was with my friends. You know, his friends always meant a lot to Chris and that he wasn't alone, any of it. And then when he crossed, he said, we, we crossed together. He explained in the first book that one kid had a little problem crossing, just a little traumatic, but that they all crossed. It was all good. Uh, and that he, he immediately was greeted by my family, by my niece, my dad, my brother, you know? So her description of his death is, I think for somebody who maybe I, I you know, I was just in the spirit circle. And I, like I said, I don't love spirit circles. I love Andrew Anderson. He's a wonderful medium. And he asked me to come out. And, uh, and when I got there, he said, oh, you know, this guy, um, you know, Robert's going to be next. You know, I want you to meet him. And we, well, it turns out this guy had driven in from uh, Nebraska. And his son had transitioned six months in a fiery car crash. You know, there when Andrew said to him, look, his spirit left his body long before the flames ever touched him. You know, we need that mm-hmm. information. We, I want to hear from a Mary Neal who's going to tell me that, you know, that she drowned, went to heaven. She drowned. And it was beautiful. It was peaceful. It was blissful, she said. You know, that was, uh, that, 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 you know, buoyed my spirit, you know, that, that made me very grateful. So thank you. Mary Neal, if you ever hear this, because your book was brilliant and, and you certainly yeah. helped me. Yeah, that, that's important. And and the, the last topic I want to cover before we close is that you have a chapter that is entitled, I Didn't Know It Was Okay. And yeah. talking about how. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, I am sure that it is a very common um, feeling that people yeah. go through. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, why I, you wanted to add part of it? I will. And it was a year ago that actually I wrote that chapter. Um, it was a year ago that I experienced the events. I was just sitting in a parking lot of my office, having a cigar with a friend who looked at me and said, you know, and I was talking about Christmas and going to Florida. And he said, you know, it's okay to be happy. You know, I, I could have moments of joy, but the sadness always kind of overwhelmed it. But what helped mm-hmm. make that transition for me was that I keep getting messages that he's in the greatest place ever. He said to me one time, Dad, Earth is great. You're, 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 he didn't say Earth. He said, you're, you're, your side. Your side is great. He said, but think of it as like football camp where you're doing three-a-day practices. You're sweating. It's hot, it's grueling, you're running, you're hitting, but you're with friends and you're having this wonderful experience and you're learning about, you know, techniques and such. He said, so you're doing, you're building it for something. He said, that's your side. He said, my house, my side is a beach bungalow on Maui. So (laughs) yours is good. Mine's a heck of a lot better, you know. So don't be afraid to let go of this side and don't be afraid you know, to have a little fun on this side because they're not tormented and in pain. You know, the first six months that Christopher transitioned, every time I talked to him, he would start the conversation with how sorry he was for the pain that he was bringing us and how sorry he was mm-hmm. that his, his death causes such turmoil. And then after that, a medium said to me, 
you know, he's made peace with that. He's, he, you know, he's made amends to, to you for mm-hmm. causing you pain. And he's done with that. And he never once apologized, you know, after the first six months because he was done. And he was in paradise, man. He, whatever paradise is for you. Now, Beach Bungalow sounds pretty good. Throwing a golf course and maybe a, a char dog. And I'm a happy cat. You know what I mean? I don't need a lot. But I do know that it's going to be, you know, Earth School here is pretty cool. You know? And we can be, we should be happy here. That, you know, God's happiest when his children are playing the fields, you know? And, and so we should be happy and grateful. And know, know that whoever we love on the other side, we're going to be with, right? What? Yeah. That's a twofer, bro. You know, that's a, that's a bargain. So, you know, I'm not saying don't grieve. I'm not saying don't have little breakdowns, which I have probably every day, you know, but don't forget to stop and smell the roses, you know. Don't forget right. to be grateful for, for what we have. I still have two kids on this side that I adore and need me, and I need them. Right. I have a wife that I adore. So I got to find joy in there. And then I find great yep. joy in connecting with my son and knowing we'll be together together when I make this yeah. across. Yeah. When the time comes. Yeah. But, oh, no, no, um, no. I mean, no. Yeah, yeah. I, want, I want to talk yeah. to you after the next book. <laughs> there you go. I, I was going to say. Um, now, I did want to mention, you know, in your book, you talked about you kind of you posted um, – some stories or information on a website called helpingparentsheal.org. Fabulous. Um, Fabulous I, organization. I just, I just, yeah. I just wanted to kind you know, of put that out there for parents. Yeah, go ahead. Please do. If you lost a kid, please go on Helping Parents Heal. The only people that can go on that website, uh, Elizabeth Bosson, who is the founder of it, she's magnificent, along with um, John Ireland. And, I mean, she is you know, lost a son, and they just published a book and based on a film. And, and actually, I did a documentary with Craig McMahon, the same filmmaker, who's just brilliant. And, and you know, he's got a series of, of, of uh, films called Life to Afterlife. We'll explain things like life reviews and near-death experiences. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, he's got an amazing, you know, look him up, Craig McMahon. So Elizabeth started this unbelievable, and I stumbled on it, and I just adore it. And so I just spoke to the national group recently, um, you know, I've done some local groups too, helping parents heal in Buffalo where I grew up in, in Florida. Um, and there's a helping fathers heal, um, also. So I really implore you, you know, you're not alone parent, you know, you're heartbroken, your, 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 your soul is beat up, but you're not alone. And other parents have yeah. been through this. And the fact that you could just drop the rocks. Yeah. I'll go on Facebook and publish stories or things. I did it about Christmas after we finished Thanksgiving, how it was the first one to check off. But it's, holidays are tough, Robert. They're tough for parents who lost kids. You know, yeah. I'm not going to post that on my regular Facebook. I'm going to post that on Helping Parents Heal, where everybody know, is feeling the same. They've all got the same pluses and minuses, heartaches and heartbreaks, you know. Yeah, very much so. Well, now, your books are available at Amazon. Um, they're also available yes. from your website, yes, McQuillan.net, um, but they're not at Bookstall in Winneka, right? <laughs> no, they're not there. You know, eventually I'll let go of that, too. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm, you know, I'm not mad at God anymore, which I know I'm not uh, mad at, at, uh, at, at Scotty. I'm still a little miffed at the bookstall, but you know, we'll get a, we'll, right before perfection, we'll work that out. I'll, I'll, I'll make fun of it. I laugh because I, I understand the feeling. I understand the feeling. You're funny. So, You're funny. But, that cracks me up. I never well, even thought about that, but yeah, absolutely. Well, sir, I really enjoyed speaking with you again, and, and I do look forward to book three um, when that's uh, out and about. And um, yeah, and thank you for your time, Joe. You know what? It was great, Robert. Cause it was just like chatting with a pal, and who, who who knows a lot of the same stuff that I know and with a familiar path. So thank you for having me on. I'm real grateful to help and spread the Christmas story, you know. Thank you very much. So. So, and you have a very wonderful Christmas in 2022. And uh, now any, any uh, targeted date for your book three? No, goodness, no. You know, I got to tell you, book two, 
was, you know, I had a bunch of research. I had all the meetings, and I just had no idea where we were going with it. And then I get to Florida, and, it, you know, for February, March, and it just flowed. You know, Christopher just took over, and it flowed. So I, you know, it's like, okay, now I know the drill preliminary, and then he'll, you know, inspire me. You know, inspiration is from the... The, from the Latin, you know, in spiritus, you know, so, so he'll inspire me and I'll just, you know, it's his parade and I carry a tuba, you know, and, I, and so it'll, it'll be out. I'm in no hurry. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying the second one and sitting down right the third. Excellent. Great. Well, thank you very much, Joe, and uh, look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you. Bye, Robert. Bye now. Again, everyone, today, my special guest has been Joe McQuillan. We've been talking about his second book, We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side. And, again, you can find out more by visiting Joe's website, which is joemcquillan.com. And, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Amazon Music, and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again... Remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.